Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Listeners, Remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe dot co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro dot co slash clink hi and welcome to housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Yeah. Sexy voice time. Oh my God. Are you feeling under the weather? You have the sexy voice? I have the congestion up in the nasal cavity. It's really awesome. So yeah. It's kind of weird. Ever since COVID, we forget that you can just get sick. You can get... uh, what is it? Like an upper respiratory? I don't know what it is. It's like a cold. Whatever. The f- it's the funk. It's the funk. It is a funk. And it's that time of year. So anyways, it gives me a nice nasally projection yeah. to the voice. For sure. It's hot. Okay. Listen, you know what's not hot? I have something to tell you. What? I was in a car accident. <gasps> and and it wasn't my fault this oh time. Oh my gosh. Well, that is the first <laughs> right? I can't believe that you did not tell me. Well, you didn't answer your phone yesterday. Yeah, true. Okay. True. So it okay. was yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was backing up out of my driveway, taking the kids to school in the AM. And, you know, I'm just right about to put my car in drive and be on my merry way. And boom, someone hit me. Someone hit you like when you're on your street? I was on my street while my car was not moving. 
So I get out of the car and this who I, it's kind of crazy because I thought he was very elderly at the time, but he's not, I, I mean, he just has the older just, look. He has an older look, but he has a kid that goes to my mm. kid's school, but maybe that's like his grandkid. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, a gentleman wearing some pretty thick um, prescription glasses said, oh, sorry about that. The sun was in my eyes. Oh, so just ran right into me. <laughs> oh, God. That is scary, by the way. Yeah. So I was like, OK, OK. You know, he was like, listen, I'm really sorry. I just live right around the corner. You know, he looked kind of familiar to me. So I was like, OK. So I just took a picture of his license plate, you know, whatever. So then he comes back and he's like, so, you know, we probably don't need to do anything about this because I don't see any damage. And I was like, listen, buddy, uh, is the sun still in your eyes? Because there's some damage. Like the light from my car was attached to his car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you don't get an extra. You don't get an extra yeah. light with, with the accident. Like, um, listen, I'm never going to be one of those people that freaks out and is like, what the hell? sun in your eyes you know because I've been him before so I'm like okay stuff happens you know let's exchange information blah 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 but I was like but we're gonna need to go and take a closer look I need you to specifically see and acknowledge all of this damage and he did oh good yeah good so so that was just exciting that right. Is, that's an exciting morning. That's for sure. I'm glad nothing uh, was damaged besides your car. I know. Yeah. No. Although my son did say he told the story to someone and he's like, we got in a car accident and my back hurts. I'm oh, like, oh, put it with that. <laughs> like, where do you get that? What is it that they're watching that is like corrupting my children? I think all those little cartoons are corruption, man. This morning, my son was watching one and my husband was like, oh, my gosh. He's like, I'm not even watching this. He's like, I'm just overhearing it. And it's like the writing is spectacular. Yeah. They make it really funny. You know what is not funny that is just chapping my ass is I have gotten a lot of like fraud calls lately. And you know what they're doing now? The latest? They're using Betty White's good name. No. Saying donate, donate. Yes. I got some like spam email, all this shit. Donate to Betty White, blah, blah, blah. Some animal charity. And it's not legit. Yeah. Don't fall for that stuff, you guys. Don't fall for that shit. There's a special place in the hot place for those people. Okay. VIP lounge. You know, I'm still getting the sex pot girls every single night on my text messages. And I can't get rid of it. You got to send it to me sometime. I find that very entertaining. You should see the one that just came last night. I mean, I'm sure. Listen to this other fraud that happened. So yesterday I had to answer my phone all day because I was getting random phone calls from, you know, claims adjusters, blah, blah, blah. You know, Mm -hmm. so I have to answer every random number. I get this call. It sounds like a little kid is trying to talk to you. And you're like, hello, hello, hello. And then it becomes a sales call. Oh, my gosh. You, I never, ever, ever try to answer like anything that I don't know. I never, I never answer unknown number except for, you know, yesterday was an exception. But I mean, the fraud, they will stop at nothing. And they act like a little kid. That's so stupid. All right, girlfriend, you have something to tell me today. I do. I'm glad Let's you're on the mic. It. Okay, Tab, today's case is a doozy. It is listener suggestion from Rachel Butchels. I'm no doubt. Um, butchering the Butchels. Pronounce it now. Yeah, butchering that. Thank you, Rachel. But Rachel, thank you. Okay. It's the case of Marjorie Congdon. I should say cases of Marjorie because this lady has like nine lives of crime for sure. 
So Marjorie was one of two daughters adopted by their single mother, Elizabeth, who was an heir to the Congdon family fortune. Her grandfather was a civil attorney that was loaded like Tom Girardi, you know, Mm. before all that messy fraud stuff came to light. And he also invested in iron or something, and it made him super rich, like rich, rich. One of his homes was the Glensheen Mansion, which is a 20,000-square-foot, 39-room architectural masterpiece that sits on 13 acres of waterfront property on Lake Superior in Duluth, Minnesota. That sounds so dreamy, by the way. It was dreamy, right? Mm-hmm. This was where Elizabeth lived and where Marjorie and her sister were raised. It's kind of unusual for a single mother to adopt now, but it was, like, real unusual then. This was the 1930s. But obviously, Elizabeth, being the heiress, had the means, and being a mother was her dream, so she was able to do it. She had these two daughters, and one of them, easy peasy, Jennifer, and the other one was Marjorie, and she was more of a handful The way Marjorie's upbringing is described by people familiar with them at the time is that she got whatever she wanted. And on the off chance she didn't get it uh, right away, she threw a fit until she did. I have one of those. You have one of those. You can't. Listen. I have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) You... (laughs) You can't always give the kids what they want. Damn it. I knew it. Not they all better, the time. They better not turn out like Marjorie. I have this sneaking suspicion that I might have to uh, curb that real quick. Uh, listen, that's not true, too. I hear you say life is hell around here because we took away computer games and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever. I do. So I'm pretty sure your kids are not going to grow up and be sociopaths. Okay. Hopefully not. Just keep taking stuff away from them once in a while. So there is the story about how Marjorie wanted a pony. And so, like, I want a pony. So she got one. And she promised to take care of it. And when she stopped taking care of it, her mother told her she was going to sell it. But Marge was a bit twisted, even from an early age. And although she didn't want to care for the pony anymore, she also didn't want anyone else to have it. So she actually got caught trying to poison the poor pony to death. Oh, okay. That's extra. It really I don't is. have one of those. <laughs> no, you do not have one of those. Okay. So Marge also had a habit of starting fires, which is never a good sign. Right? So her behavior led her mama Liz to think maybe boarding school was a good option for straightening her out. You know, I always think that um, is is boarding school really the way to go or is it just really easy to get rid of your kid for a while? Uh, I or think maybe there a little are exception. I think maybe there are exceptions, but I think um, more to the latter. I think it's a pretty easy way to get rid of your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, boarding school didn't work out for Marge. She had some behavioral issues at the school, too, and so they kicked her out, Mm -hmm. which led Elizabeth to sending her to a mental health facility where they diagnosed her as a sociopath as a teenager. Now, a sociopath diagnosis is a lot of baggage to bring to a relationship, but it did not stop Marjorie. She married her first husband, Dick Leroy, at 19. And she went on to have seven children with the dick. They were married for (laughs) 20 years. I can't help it, right? What are you going to do? Okay. It was not easy being married to Marjorie. In fairness, you know, Dick might have lived up to his name, but I don't know. But the difficulty with being married to Marge had something to do with how she had grown up with a silver spoon in her mouth. And so she had the champagne taste. Problem was her life with Dick and the seven kids, you know, like they say, was more on a more of a beer budget. Mm. So, of course, her mother, you know, 
was very generous with her over the years. The problem was Marge always wanted more. She came a-knockin' at the Glenshine Mansion whenever she got herself in a financial pickle, and Mama Liz would bail her out, but it seemed to never be enough. Elizabeth had a staff around her at the mansion, and she was beloved by them and the community. She was very philanthropic and sweet, and so... Nobody liked that Marjorie only came around to visit when she needed something. This became more noticeable when Elizabeth suffered a stroke and needed more assistance. And still the only reason Marge swung by was to get a check from her mama and bounce. Well, one day she showed up and she didn't ask for anything. She just brought her mom some homemade jam for them to enjoy together. Sus. Sus. Totally. Because was she quite the homemade jam maker in the past? Or it was like the same jam she gave the horse? I think she only made jam on special occasions. And uh, after she left, after enjoying the jam with her mama, Liz got real sick. She was so sick, she was hospitalized, and they found out that she had some kind of tranquilizer in her system, and it was nothing that she had been prescribed. So the staff put it together that it must have come from the jam. But at Liz's request, they didn't report Marjorie or anything like that because Liz didn't want all the publicity that would come along with that. So. They just made it so Marjorie was never left alone with her mother again. And the trustees that managed Liz's money cut Marge off. Oh. I probably did not make Marge happy. Oh, no. I mean, by the way, on top of squeezing every penny out of her mom she could over the years, she had also gone through a $1.5 million trust her grandfather had set up for her. And after 20 years of marriage to Dick, she had gotten them into over a million dollars of debt. And He didn't appreciate that, and so he instructed his wife to do what she had always done in the past and go get more money from her mama, and when she told him that's not working anymore, the trustees cut me off, he divorced her ass. Oh. Right? So much for richer or poorer. Uh Maybe. Okay. Well, she didn't stay single long. After she divorced... Dick, around a year later, she moved to Colorado, you know, God's country, and married another man named Roger Caldwell in 1976. Roger wasn't exactly super keen on the making a living by, you know, going to work. And neither was Marjorie, so they were perfect for each other in that way, but they were broke. In their eyes, the only solution to this broke situation they had was either to somehow convince Mama Liz to make it rain or Mama Liz needed to die so they could get their hands on Marjorie's inheritance. She stood to inherit $8 million. Yeah. Now... Since Marjorie had worn out her welcome at the Glenshine Mansion, she hadn't spoke with her mama in a minute, and the staff thought that was just blissful. But she did manage to send her mother a letter that said she had married this dude, Roger. Okay, so one day, Roger came a-knocking on the mansion door without Marjorie and said he wanted to chat with his mother-in-law. He told her he just needed $750,000 to buy a ranch in Colorado, which would be good for one of Marge's kids that had asthma. I mean, 
I don't think a ranch would be that good for asthma. I'm pretty I think sure. It's like the opposite. I'm pretty sure your asthma gets all funk up there. Yeah, there's lots of pollen yeah. and animals <laughs> and all all that shit, right? You need to be moving. If you're pulling the asthma card, I feel like you need to move to the desert. Or the beach. Yeah. I feel like that right? ocean air is probably really good for the asthma. It's good for mine. Okay. Okay. Well, in addition to it being good for the child with the asthma, they also needed a little extra money to pay off some debts and get on their feet. 750K should do it. I mean, can you imagine $750,000 in 1976? That's so much That's money. That's so much money. I mean, it's a lot of money now, but it was a lot of money then. I can't even imagine going and asking for like $7,000, much less $700,000. (laughs) I know, right? Right. Okay. Anyways, so it wasn't happening. No one was going to allow Liz to hand over that kind of money to Roger. Miss Liz's money managers were pretty pissed at the moment because... She was being sued on account of Marjorie defaulting on a $300,000 loan that she had had her mother co-sign for a while back. So when Roger didn't get the $750,000, he went home to Marge after being unsuccessful and came up with Plan B. Plan B was Roger showed back up at the mansion in the middle of the night. First, he unexpectedly came across Elizabeth's night nurse, this woman named Velma. I love the name Velma. She had retired from looking after Liz, but there was no one else available. And she loved her former boss lady so much that she came back for one night only and sadly was bludgeoned to death with a candlestick in the hall by Roger. This is like real life clue. Oh my God. Yes. Jinx. Yeah, it is exactly like a game of clue. Bludgeoned, candlestick, hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after that, he found his way to Miss Liz's room and smothered her to death with her own satin pillow. Oh. I love that she has a satin pillow, by the way. She's worried about her wrinkles. I knew you would. Satin pillows are fancy. I wouldn't even know how to wash those. I have one. You should have one. Everybody here should have one. Because one... You got to put it in like a separate thing. You got to use like wool light or some bullshit because I'm not down for that. No, no, no. You don't have to do all that. They make them now that it's easy peasy. But really, it's better for your hair. It's better for your wrinkles. And they cost a little bit more, but just use it for yourself. Give your husband, you know, the cotton one. Okay. I'm going to think about it. Okay. So after he sadly smothered Miss Liz, he then took some of her things, like her jewelry, took her ring right off her finger, and some gold coins, and he made it look like a robbery. The morning nurse showed up to find the awful crime scene. She called the police and they came and right away they were suspicious because they thought the scene looked staged. Like the robber had taken some valuables but left a lot behind. And there was a first floor window broken, but the front door had been left unlocked like Someone had used a key and then broken the window to make it look like that's how they broke in. Mm -hmm. And that combined with all the staff saying, like, this must have had something to do with Marjorie. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. 
Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Led them to looking into what she was up to at the time right away. Well, she had a good alibi. She was seen at a dinner in Denver hours away, but when they asked her about where Roger was during said dinner, she said he had car trouble and couldn't make it. And they said, okay, well, can we talk to him right now? And she said, oh, well, he's he's not available. She probably said he was on the shitter or something. So he couldn't chat right now. Well, she thought she was in the clear. So a few days later, she and Roger strolled into the funeral for her mother. Side note, they went to shopping for the occasion and spent a thousand bucks on new threads. And then they sent the bill to the trustees, like, just go ahead and deduct this from my inheritance. So shameless. Totally. Okay. Okay, so while these two were at the funeral, police went and snooped around their home and found a piece of mail addressed to Roger, postmarked from Duluth the day of the murders. And inside it was a gold coin that belonged to Miss Liz. So the theory is that, like, maybe this was a signal to Marge that the dirty deed had been done. Right. Yeah. So they then searched their current hotel room and pretty much found everything else that had been taken from the mansion that night. So Roger and Marge were both charged, but they were tried separately. Roger went first and he was found guilty and he got life. Then it was Marge's turn and she was acquitted. Uh? Yeah. There just wasn't enough to link her to conspiracy to commit murder. That's what she was charged with. Although it's pretty obvious, right? So the evidence that was presented at Marge's trial was that letter with the gold coin to prove that she was in on it. At Roger's trial, an expert had testified that there was a thumbprint on it and that it matched Roger's thumb. But at Marge's trial, another expert testified that it didn't match Robert's 
Roger's thumb. It was somebody else's. So when the fingerprint evidence from Roger's trial was discredited, it was enough for Roger to be given a new trial. But instead of going through all that over again, they offered him a plea for time served if he confessed. And he did. And he never implicated Marge. No way. Even after he did. Yeah. Mm-mm. <clears throat> yeah. So. True love. I mean, and you would think, may- yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was just, like, afraid of her or something because she had already left his ass and divorced him when he got locked up. I don't know, then. I don't know. So Roger is a free man and free of Marge, but he must have still been pretty bummed out because he ended up killing himself six years later. Six years. Yeah, he served five years in prison, and then six years after he was released, he killed himself. I wonder why. You have any idea? I, I don't know. I mean, I know he was an alcoholic. Yeah. So maybe he had some depression issues, etc. Maybe he, yeah. And he had a real guilty conscience. But anyhow, we're done with Roger now. Okay. I am going to circle back to Marge and her trial. When she was on trial, she had some friends that came out of the woodwork They had known her because they had had children that played sports together and they thought she was charming and they couldn't believe that she could have had anything to do with her mother's murder. And that was the thing about Marge. She was awful, but she got away with it because she was charming. People liked her. So anyways, this couple was Helen and Wally. And they wanted to be supportive of Marge, so they drove every day an hour each way to go see the trial. I imagine this was because it was a real big deal at the time. The Congdon family was so well-known in Minnesota, and, you know, people like to glob onto that shit. It's like bragging rights. Yeah. Because they really didn't know her that well. They hadn't been in touch with her for years until she started making headlines. So, I mean, it's They just wanted a piece of it. Yeah, totally. So when Marge was acquitted, Helen and Wally still stuck around and were helping her get on her feet. And she needed the help because she didn't get that $8 million she was set to inherit. Her children sued the estate and said, basically, our mama killed our grandmother and therefore she doesn't deserve the money. (laughs) No way. She must have been a really (laughs) good mom. (laughs) Totally. So eventually, this all played out in a civil suit. So eventually, they settled it, and Marjorie was given $40,000 a year for the rest of her life. Not bad. Trust. Not bad. Listen, it's not $8 million, but it's not bad. And bonus, she's got the love of Helen and Wally couple of friends helping her too, right? Did Helen and Wally stick around after, you know, the 40000 Because that doesn't really seem like enough. It doesn't really. Well, it, this was oh, this was in the 70s. I know, but not so. enough for a whole nother family. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No. I think they were doing all right for themselves um, financially, so they didn't really need Marge's money anyhow. Okay. But sadly, Helen was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so now it was kind of Marge's turn to return the supportive gesture and care for her friend, right? Yeah, we know how that goes. And well, she did care for her for a minute, a hot minute. And then she told Wally, Helen needs to be in a home. This is a drag. Okay. So Helen's children acknowledged that she was, in fact, suffering from Alzheimer's for sure. And that's why when their mother told them that Marge and their father were doing the no pants dance, they didn't believe her. They (laughs) said, no way. Marge is your friend, mama. And let's face it, she's like kind of young and sort of cute. And dad is old and not exactly a lady killer. So, you know. So they didn't believe her. 
They didn't believe mama. They didn't believe her. They didn't. Alzheimer's is a terrible disease, and they watched their mother deteriorate mentally, but physically, she was in good shape. They expected her to live a few years in this home. So they were shocked when one day she just slipped into a coma and died shortly after. Uh, What was also shocking was that Wally told his kids soon after their mother passed away that he had hated being married to their mother for the last 47 years and that he was going to be with Marge now. Oh, wow. They were like, oh, shit, mom wasn't talking crazy. She was right. Wally and Marge were having an affair the whole time. So they were not liking this for their dad at all. And things between Wally's kids and him got bitter and he cut off communication with them. Then it got extra bitter when Wally's daughter Nancy got a phone call from the police telling her that a nurse from the home where her mama had been had came forward and said she had a bad feeling that Marge had poisoned Helen because she had come to visit her the day she slipped into the coma and had fed her some homemade jam. Damn it. And it was not sitting well with this nurse. I knew it. Right? So the police wanted to exhume Helen's body and do a toxicology report, but they need the family's permission to do that. Unfortunately, it wasn't up to the children. It was up to Wally. And he said no. No, he, no way. He doesn't want that. He's He got what he wanted. Yeah, he got what he wanted. Yeah. Okay, so the children took this as like an admission of guilt, which I agree. And so they were really, really thoroughly disgusted with their father and quite pissed, I imagine, at him and, you know, murder in March. Mm -hmm. So Marge and Wally found their way to a town called Ajo, Arizona. Have you heard of it? No. Ajo? It is like A-J-O. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Is it by Yuma? No. Okay. I mean, but that's a border town, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know exactly. But it's a small town with a population around 3,000, close to the Mexico border, which was appealing to them because Wally had some kind of cancer and it was cheaper to get drugs in Mexico. So Wally and Marge lived it up in Ajo for quite a while. Marge joined the local church, got involved made friends. I mean, there's not much to do in Ajo. Maybe she played some bingo. I don't know. That's just what I would do. Probably start my own bingo group. That sounds like what I'll do in my old age. Me too. I just think about doing bingo as I'm... Bingo's fun. Yeah, I like it so much. Yeah, it's very satisfying. Win. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyhow, it bingo and whatever else she had going on, it wasn't doing it for her tab. So she took up one of her old childhood hobbies, setting fires. Oh, my God. She, How old is she now? <laughs> she has got to be like old lady. Okay. So at this time, I would say she was probably like 60s. Yeah. Okay. Okay, not that that's old, you guys, but I'm saying like it's not, you know, 30. Yeah. Okay, she set something like 40 fires in this tiny town over a three year period. And during that time, the residents were living in fear because there was no rhyme or reason for these random fires. It finally came to an end when she was caught with some kerosene drenched rags outside her neighbor's home and he reported it and so the police then surveilled her and she got caught so she was charged 
and tried for arson. And this time, the Marge was found guilty and sentenced to 15 years. Amen, right? Well, hold up. Did (laughs) she get off again? Well, not exactly. But she used her persuasive powers to convince the judge to just let her out for one day, though, so that she could make arrangements for her cancer-battling husband, Wally. I mean, I don't really blame the judge, right? I mean, his name is Wally, so he sounds nice. <laughs> he does sound he has nice. cancer, right? He sounds kind of like a robot, you know, that... that yeah. Little... Oh, that robot is so cute. I, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. So conveniently for Marge, no arrangements needed to be made because on her last free day, she called the police from her home and informed them that Wally was dead. She said she found Wally with a garden hose attached to the gas stove and he had used carbon monoxide to kill himself and he had also left a suicide note, they could read it for themselves, right? He's just obviously so broken up over losing the loving of Marge. She's going away for 15 years, right? Yeah. Well, the note is in Wally's writing, but his kids say, like, whatever. He was so under her spell, she would have he would have written anything that she told him to. Well, what did it say? Did it say, I don't I'm... Know. I'm going to miss Marge so much. I'm going to suck on this gas tube. Basically, it said that I they had a suicide pact. They were going to do it together. But Marge, you know, chickened out. Oh, I could see that. OK. OK, well, the police weren't buying it that he had killed himself. Right. And they arrested Marge and charged her for Wally's murder. But. Those charges were dropped because the autopsy on Wally came back that he had died from taking a bunch of pills, not carbon monoxide, and they couldn't prove that he didn't take the pills himself or something, and Marge was already going away to the clink for 15 yeah, years they were from like... the arson, so they were like, eh, waste of time, yeah. okay? But the crazy thing was that the autopsy on Roger revealed that he didn't have any kind of cancer or terminal anything like they had been telling people for years. So what was with all the drugs that Marjorie had been plying him with? Yeah, what was up with that? It's probably just her way to control him or something. You think she told him that he had cancer? Yes. Holy heck, yeah. She is a bad lady. She is very bad. Yes. Very bad. Shady. Okay. So Marjorie ended up serving 12 years of that sentence for the arson at the women's prison in Goodyear, Arizona, before she was released in 2004. That's where the Goodyear blimp comes from, by the way. Goodyear, Arizona? Um, I also visited the Goodyear prison what? via the interweb. Oh, for this because... case? No. Oh. For another case. For some guy for... you were trolling? <laughs> were you on Stop one of those? It. Stop it. No. For um, way back, we did an episode about a teacher who pursued her student. Mm. She was a very pretty lady. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think she's still locked up at the Goodyear prison. Okay, well, anywho, she was released in 2004, and then she went to live in Tucson, Arizona, which is where she still lives today. She's still alive. She is still alive. She's all alone in her late 80s. Yeah. So after all these years of her being kind of a high-profile criminal, she's never given an interview. But in 2017, I should say, and a lot of people have tried, but she wouldn't she wouldn't do it. 
In 2017, this reporter from the magazine Artful Living went and stalked her at her condo complex. And she never spoke to him except to tell him to go away or she would call the police. But he did talk to her neighbors and write about her life according to them, which is basically that she had had a rescue dog until recently. She really likes dogs. And she eats at Brugger's Bagels every morning. I'm kind of jealous of that. I would like to start off my morning with carbs. Fucking bitch. Okay. And um, she has a couple of friends in the complex. They take her shopping. She can't drive. Everyone knows who she is and her history. Her parole officer has made sure of that. And all of the books written about her have been circulated around the complex. Dude, I would be like, do not eat anything from March. Do not take a I, jam. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like. Yeah, of course I would not let her fix me any food. And I would have a lot of fire detectors extra. But I mean, I think I would be inclined to chat with her. I would. Of course you would. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. She should write her own well, book. He said there's a couple of people that are terrified of her, but for the most part, the condo residents don't mind Marge because now she's just like a feeble old lady. She has been trying to get transferred to an assisted living facility for a while. She's in a walker, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't happened yet, I don't think. And Wally and Helen children are still holding a grudge and you know i don't blame them i don't blame them either they they don't give a shit how old marjorie is but by the way marjorie killed both their parents that's right they would like to see her charged for those murders okay and lastly the glenching mansion is now owned by the university of minnesota And if you would like to go tour it, you can. They ask for a $20 donation on the website. And it specifically says they don't answer questions about the murders. If you want to know about that, you can go out and buy yourself one of the many books published about it. But I mean, I don't think you need to because I just told y'all what's up. All you need to do is listen to our podcast. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So Summed it right up. That is a wop on the Marjorie. You know, I keep thinking uh, Large Marge. Yeah. I, I But I can't remember. What's the deal with Large Marge in Pee Wee's she was, Big Adventure? She, Did, was she a killer or just a ghost? She, well, she drove the... She drove the... Um, the big The rig. semi-truck, yeah. Yeah, Large Marge. And then she looks ya. over and she's super scary. Something. Yeah. I I mean, I haven't revisited that um, movie in a minute. Yeah, I do like that movie. That one was a good one. Oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman's Greatest Adventure. Is that what it's called? Listen, Pee Wee's Playhouse. I don't know if it still is, but it was on Netflix for a while. I should make my kids watch that again because whatever they're watching <laughs> is like poisoning them. And that was good stuff. I turned out all right. Yeah. I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Pee-wee loved his playhouse also. Different type of playhouse. Can't help yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had to take my kids to this drop-off this drop daycare place, and it's called Playmates. And their uh, credit card machine was down. My husband picked up my kids yesterday from there, okay? So he's like, can you Venmo Playmates? Let me tell you, when you go to Venmo and you hit Playmates, some (laughs) naughty stuff comes up. Oh, no, really? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to have to just call them because I cannot be going through all of this business to try and figure out which which Playmate is them. That is so funny. Wow. I guess that's another way of... Uh, paying for some special deeds these days. Yeah. I mean, but that's still a paper trail, people. If you're doing the naughty, 
keep it to cash, right? Keep it to cash for sure. Yeah. I mean, unless yeah. you want to be caught. Like Bitcoin, maybe. Crypto. The dark web. The dark. People get caught on the dark web oh, all the time. Scary. Scary stuff. Yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. We have a lot of new listeners up in this new year, 2022. So thank you. If you guys want more of us, we are on patreon.com forward slash housewives of true crime. You can get a bonus crime once a month and a episode once a week. Somebody recently said that they couldn't find our bonus crimes, but every episode that is a crime, it says it in the front. It says bonus crime and then the title. And we should have like a lot, at least probably 40 bonus crimes on there. Oh my gosh. And speaking of playmates, my next bonus crime is going to be about oh, playmate yeah. Dorothy Stratton. You're right. Ah. Is. Oh my God. Okay. You know what is so yeah. crazy, Gretchy, that you're uh-huh. doing that one because I, my next case was going to be uh, on Chippendales, but I don't, but that ties into Dorothy. It does. It, it sort of, I mean, does it? Yes, because she was um, dating Oh yeah. the owner, right, of Chippendales in the very beginning. Is this right? Am I right? Some... I am. This is right. No, I feel like, I feel like you might be right. I am right. I am right. Because I just was doing research on this yesterday. Okay. Anyways, that's going to be a good one. That's on Patreon. I think you should do the Chippendales one because also because I let it's a small world. I know it all ties in. Okay, so I should. It's the Chippendales okay. is so crazy, you guys. It's like yeah. Think some... about the music we could add to that. Oh my be gosh. fun, right? You know. Yeah. And have you ever been to Chippendales? I can't say that I have. Oh, well, I'm. I think everybody should. At least experience something like that once in their life. And let me tell you. I have I have seen pictures of when you went. Real fun. Like, real fun. You look like you had a real oh, good time. Oh, it's a real good time. Anyways, also, you guys were on Housewives of True Crime group. It's our private group on Facebook. That one is growing. We have um, a regular Facebook and our Instagram. Follow us there. And I think that's all for now. I think that's it. Okay, clink, clink. Clink, clink. <laughs>